Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 3. This is the text we used last Sunday, Acts chapter 3, and uh, let's read together and starting in verse 19, it says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing, we found out in, in the last few months, we've been talking about this a lot, that, that another way you could read this would be seasons of revival times or seasons of revival may come from the presence of the Lord. Notice that seasons of revival do not come automatically just because they come from the presence of the Lord. Or saying it differently, just because because it's something that comes from God doesn't mean it's going to come automatically. Notice there were some things they needed to do. He said, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of revival may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. And and what he's saying here is that Jesus Christ is in heaven, and he will come back uh, during times of, there would be times of refreshing or revival preceding his return. Then in verse 21, he says, whom heaven must receive, speaking of Jesus, until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now we've talked uh, a lot in recent months about revival and last Sunday we started a new series on the, on, uh, the coming restoration. Notice he said that there, before Jesus returns there would be times of restoration. These things would re- precede the return of the Lord. Well, praise God. Uh, what, what do we mean by restoration? Well, the dictionary defines restoration as a putting or bringing back to a former normal or unimpaired state or condition. A a putting or bringing back to a former normal or unimpaired state or condition. So before Jesus returns, the church, according to this, the church will be brought back to a former normal or unimpaired condition. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what we can expect. We can expect before Jesus returns that the church will be brought back to a former, normal, and unimpaired condition. Hallelujah. And we believe this will include a restoration of the power of Christ, a restoration of the authority of Christ, and a restoration of the character of Christ. Last Sunday, we started talking about the the restoration of the character of Christ, and uh, we looked in Ephesians chapter 5, just turn over there briefly, and let's look at that again, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5, verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her, or it, the way the the original Greek reads, 
that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. There is coming a day when the church will be presented to the Lord, when the church will be, uh, uh, there will be a, a, a meeting together when the Lord Jesus Christ and the rest of his body actually sit down together and, and meet together in one place. Remember when Jesus was partaking of the bread and wine at the Last Supper, he said, I will not drink this or eat this again until I eat it and drink it with you in the kingdom of heaven. Glory to God. He's looking forward to that day. We're looking forward to that day. There's coming a day when we're going to get gather together with all of the saints of the church. That all of those who were who were present on the day of Pentecost, all of those who we read about in the New Testament, all of those who have been born again down through the through the centuries, there's going to be a great reunion, glory to God. And we're going to be together with the Lord. And there's going to be a presentation of the church to the Lord. And he said that uh, he wants to present him, to, that, he, that he might present him to, to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That's the will of God. And it's not just the will of God. It says that Jesus is doing something about this. He's not just sitting up in heaven hoping it'll happen. It says that he gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for the church. He continued, he, his giving of himself didn't end when he was raised from the dead. He ever lives to minister to the church. And the way the church will be brought back to a normal position, the way the church will be brought back to a, uh, an unimpaired condition and a former condition is by the washing of the water of the word. As we stay in the word, as we feed on the word, as we give ourselves more and more to the word than we've ever done before. Listen, we're, we're living in the last days. It's critically important that we feed on the word of God. Amen. I, I, I wouldn't do this, of course, but I, I wonder what would happen if I called on everybody that and ask everybody here one by one, uh, did you read your Bible this week? Or how, how, how much did you read in the Bible this week? I wonder if, people, if there would be people here that would be embarrassed to answer. Listen, we need to be feeding on the word of God. We're living in a day of deception. We're living in a day when the enemy is doing everything. And remember, that is the devil's primary tool. His, his primary weapon is deception. And if you're not feeding yourself every day, on, listen, read a little of the New Testament every day of your life. Amen. 
every day. Every day. Now, people have different Bible reading plans. Find one that works for you. I said, find one that works for you. And you can read the Old Testament. It's good to read. It's good to, to study some of those things. But you need to feed on the New Testament. Some people like to read a chapter a day. Some people like to read for a particular length of time every day. Do whatever is, is right, and, and, but make sure you're feeding yourself on the Word of God because that's, that's when you hide the Word of God in your heart. Whenever things happen, when you hear things, when people uh, try to present certain things as true or accurate, something on the inside will say, now, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with the Bible. We see when you're not reading the Bible, it's easy to get tripped up. Amen. If you're not feeding yourself, you'll fall for things that you shouldn't fall for. Well, amen. You're here in Ephesians chapter 5. Now go over to chapter 4. Ephesians 4. And let's look at verse number, well, we'll start with verse number 17. And let's read down, for now, let's read down through the 24th verse. Verse 17 says, This I say and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being, excuse me, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves, themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, your old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 17, 18, and 19 basically tell us that we should not live like the world. I said Christians should not live like the world. There should be a difference in our conduct. There should be a difference in our behavior. People in this world live like they do. He tells us why. He says because of their understanding being darkened, they're alienated from the life of God, they're full of ignorance of God, they're, they have blindness of heart, and they're past feeling. Now that's why the world acts the way it does. That's why people behave the way they do. It's why people say the things they say and live the way they live. But what's the excuse for a Christian? These things sh shouldn't be true. If a person's genuinely born again, uh, your eyes have been opened. Amen. And that's what he really says in, in verse 20 and 21. He said, you've not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. If people are truly born again, they know not to live this way. Amen. 
It's not a matter of not, it's not a matter of having your understanding darkened. Your understanding's been, been made light. It's not because you're past feeling, you, you, you understand. Well, why do Christians live sometimes this way? Because of the old man. See, it says to put off the old man and put on the new man. What in the world is he talking about? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, if any man be in Christ, this would be woman to any person, is in Christ, if they're born again, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Well, you have to qualify that. All things have become new. Well, that, that, you, you have to look at the situation and see now what's he talking about? He couldn't be talking about natural things because all natural things are not made new. When a person comes to the altar or, or uh, bows his head in prayer on the sidewalk or in an office complex somewhere and prays the sinner's prayer and is born again, you can't see any outward change. He still looks the same. He or she still, uh, they, from all outward appearances, nothing's changed. Nothing's new. Their mortgage didn't disappear. Their car didn't get upgraded to a Ferrari. Their mother-in-law didn't leave. Huh? <laughs> no, he's, he couldn't be talking about natural things. All things on the inside. See, if any man is in union with Christ, like one translation says, he is the work of a new creation. Something happens when, when, when Christ comes to live on the inside. He makes you a new person on the inside. There's a brand new person on the inside who doesn't have any connection to the old man. But you see, not only is your physical body not changed, and your physical circumstances aren't changed, neither is there any change that takes place immediately in your mind. In the soulish realm, in the mental realm, you still have the same memories you, you always had. You remember the life that you've always lived. And see, that's why Christians are held in bondage. Because they let the things of the past, things from uh, future, from, from past years, from past circumstances, things that have, have held them in bondage in the past, they, they still remember those things and those things are still, sometimes if they're very recent, they still have a, 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 an effect and an influence in that person's mind. If it's something that's hurtful that happened to, that, that hurt, that sense of, of hurt and violation or pain, it's still there. That's not what changed. He said, if any man is in union with, the, with Christ, he is the work of a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Well, the all things have to do then, it must have to do with the things that have been made new in Christ. And like the thing that I try to tell people all the time who struggle with issues from the past, as I say, you, you need to get a hold of and get a revelation of who you are in Christ. 
What's happened to you in the new birth? Because there literally is no connection. The new person that is born of God on the inside of you, in your, your spirit when it's recreated, it, it doesn't, it's not the old man changed. The new birth isn't a change. It's not a renovation of the old to the new. The old man, the Bible says that the old man died with Christ. That's what Paul meant when he said old things have passed away. What do we say when people have died? We say they've passed away. Well, so-and-so passed away. He passed away. She passed away. Old things passed away. That means they're dead. That, that means that, that they can't hold you in bondage anymore. They don't have any power. Someone in the natural, when somebody dies, that's the end of what they can do. I mean, they can't, they can't, they, they don't do anything anymore. They're, it's over. You, you get that? It's over. Whatever they did, they did, but, but it's not going any further. There's no more action. There's no more activity. There's no more anything. They're dead. Somebody could be a real bad person that you'd be really afraid of. When they die, you're not afraid anymore. They're dead. They're dead. <laughs> well, old things passed away. The things of the, of the former life passed away. They're dead. The old man that you were, the man that was living on the inside who was dead in trespasses and sin, it's dead, it's not coming back. And in place of that, not a renovation of that man, but in place of that man, God, by a creative act, put on the inside of your body a brand new man. A brand new you on the inside. He's not related. He's not related. I live in a house right now. The house my wife and I own has been owned by at least three other people that we know. They don't have any influence on me. I mean, we're not related. There's nothing that goes on in my house that's remotely related to what went on before. The house is the same, but the occupant is different. Your body and your mind are the same, but the occupant is different. You have a new man on the inside. Learn to get acquainted with the new man. How do you do that? Notice what he said here in, let's go back to, to uh, you're probably already there. I have to open my Bible again. Let's go back to uh, Ephesians 4 again. Notice what he said. That you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man, man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful list, lust. Put off that old man. Why, did, why in the world would you want to walk around with a dead person draped on you? When somebody dies, we put them in the ground. We don't, we don't put them on our back and carry them around. Well, they've always been with me. 
I, I've always had this, this, this person with me and so they're supposed to be. No, they're dead. You don't, you don't carry that corpse around with you. It stinks. It stinks worse as time goes on. He says here, it, this old man grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. It grows corrupt. It, 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 it grows, uh, uh, it deteriorates. It begins to stink. Don't carry that man around with you anymore. But how do you do that? How do you put off that old man? You know that man that you used to be is dead. You understand that now. And you're a brand new person. But it's, it's like he just keeps following me around. Everywhere I go, he's just riding, sitting on my shoulder again. I, 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 I believe what you're saying, Pastor, but you don't understand all, how, how, how uh, 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 what an impact this man had in, on me. And that influence seems to keep, continue to linger. Just can't seem to get him off of me. He told you right here. Put off the old man and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's the key. I said that's the key to living a victorious life is to get your mind renewed with the word of God. Until you renew your mind with the word of God, that old man, he'll, you will think he's still alive. You'll think that, he's, that, that all of those old things are still around, that they're still uh, valid, that they still have some kind of power over your life. And the devil will torment you and hold you in bondage to that old man. But whenever you get into the word of God and get your mind, see your body didn't change. And because your body didn't change, it'll still want to do what it always did. The flesh, until Jesus comes and we're changed and, 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 and translated until that change takes place and it's called the glorification of our bodies. Until that happens, your body is still the same body it was. It still wants to do the same kind of things. It's still driven by the same kind of impulses. It just want, The body just wants gratification. Flesh just wants gratification. It wants to be gratified. Isn't that right? Well, that's not gonna change. Your inward man is a brand new man. Well, how in the world does, does the old man hold you in bondage? It's, it's all in the mind. I said it's all in the mind. It's in what you do with what you have up here. And, the, and the, the longer you think about and allow the things of the old world and of the old life and of the old condition, as long as you allow those things and you think about those things, give your attention to those things, listen to those things, as long as your mind is going in that direction, that old man will hold you in bondage. You try to throw him off, but he won't get off. He'll just stay right with you. But when you get into the new, good word of God, and you find out what Jesus did for you, 
what happened to you in his death, burial, and resurrection. That that old man died. That he went to the cross. He was nailed to the cross with Jesus. And that that uh, he's passed away. And that he doesn't have any hold on you anymore. That you were raised up in union with Christ. Everything that's in Christ is in you. And you start feeding on those things which are in you in Christ Jesus. Acknowledging all those good things that are in you. The more you do that the less company you have with that old man. That's how you put him off and that's how you put on the new man. What does it mean to put on the new man? Well, it means to to take the things of the new life and clothe yourself with them. You know, you you have to dress yourself. Spiritually, you have to dress yourself. You have to take the things uh, that belong to you, you in Christ, the things that pertain to the new man, and just like the old man tried to dominate you, you have to willingly submit yourself to the new man and allow him to dominate you. That's how you do it. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> Let's look at it again. Hallelujah. That you put off concerning the old man your former conduct. Well, you're not going to be able to put that off unless you're feeding on the word. Unless you're renewing your mind with the word of God, you will not be successful in putting off that old man. It'll be a struggle. Listen, stop struggling with him. I said stop struggling with him. That old man thrives on your attention. He thrives on you arguing with him and fighting with him. Feeds on that. Stop doing that. Start feeding on the word of God. And then just siding in with that. Learn to, what did Paul said? Set your affections on things above, not on things on this earth. He said, the man who is, who is naturally minded, is, that's, that's death, but to be spiritually minded is life in, in peace. The setting your mind on the things of the Spirit, the things that belong to you from the Word of God. If you, if you will spend your energy feeding yourself on who you are in Christ, you'll find that the knowledge that, you're, that, that begins to take hold in your mind, that renewing process, when those things of the old life come up, your natural, your natural inclination will, will begin to be, no, sir, that's not true about me. That's not me anymore. I, 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 I recognize that feeling. I recognize that, that past tendency, but know that I, something's happened to me. I'm a different person. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. I'm not like that anymore. Amen. That's when you begin to put off and put on the new man. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, there's a lot to say about our conduct. Amen. Hmm, boy. Hallelujah. Let's stop, let's stop here. I got a late start this morning, but that's all right.
I don't want to keep you too late. Hallelujah. Unless Jesus returns, we'll be back here next Sunday. So I'll have, I'll have another shot at this. How many of you, if he comes, it'll be all right, though? Amen. 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 If you'll feed yourself on the Word of God, you'll have a hunger for the Word of God. If you don't feed on it, you won't be hungry for it. And you'll fall asleep in church a lot. You know, that's why people, that's why people fall asleep in church a lot. It's not always the reason, but a lot of the time is because they haven't fed themselves on the Word. They have no appetite. I'm not talking about being sleepy. I know what it's like to be, you know, sometimes you just haven't had enough sleep. And, and you're interested, but you just can't keep your eye. I know what that, you know, I've told you about those times when Brother Hagin would minister and we went to all those meetings. Because I was a regional director, they had special seating for us. And then also he had called on me to preach two or three times. And so they, you know, they would bring my wife and I. And they usually set us on the second or the third row. And when, and when Dad Hagen would teach, he would, he'd stop like this and he'd put his hand on the chair or the pew in front of me, you know, and he would preach to this group right here. And I don't know how many times, several times, you know, you, you're having services in the morning and there's preachers there from all over the country because we were regional directors. We knew all these ministers, you know, and you didn't get to see them and they were there. She'd go out to eat after service on, you know, the morning service and you'd go to church and then after the church, you'd go out and get something to eat. And after a few days like this, you know, you're not getting any sleep. And, you, and, and I remember sitting in the, and the teaching was wonderful. And I was interested, but I just couldn't keep my eyes open, you know. And I, I'd kind of d- d- doze off or nod off for just a second. I'd open my eyes and Brother Hagin would be looking right at me. <laughs> and just, like he didn't even see me, just, and I thought, amen, <laughs> glory. <laughs> so I understand that. On the other hand, People who perpetually sleep in church sleep because they're not interested in the word of God. Why aren't they? Because they don't feed on it at home. They don't, it's not part of their regular life. They haven't developed any interest in the word of God. And if you do that long enough, you'll begin to lose interest in what you, that's why people go to church, go to sleep in church. And eventually they'll just say, you know, why not even go to church? I don't get anything out of it and the pastor's boring and, and, and uh, the people are crazy and why, why do I even go to church? I'm telling you what happens. I'm telling you how backsliding happens. You sleep in church, you're just not interested, things aren't real to you. After a while you think, why am I even doing this? I, I can tell you case after case after case of people that I know. That, listen, feed on the word. Amen. Make it part of your of your daily pursuit. Oh, hallelujah. That old man will, will become less and less familiar to you. Less and less. It'd be like, who in the, what are you talking about? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's the truth. Let's, let's stand up. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.